There is no place on earth that you can go and God is not there. And now for God Sees You. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother and sister, you need the word. Hallelujah. It is an honor to be before you today. Stay tuned for today's message. We will be talking about the Eroi, the Eroi, the God who sees. And it is going to be rich, so stay tuned. All you mothers, I congratulate you out there. Happy Mother's Day. It is an honor to be one among you. Even those Bithias out there, those mothers who have godchildren, those mothers who have been great aunties and great grandparents or offering your services to mothers that need help, you are honored today as well. God bless you and happy Mother's Day to you too. If you will, I need you to turn, if you will, if you have your Bibles or if you have your phone, Genesis chapter 16. Just stay there with me, okay? We're going to kind of jump around between 12, 16, and 21, but I'll summarize everything for you because we are short on time. I only have a few minutes to talk to you today. I would again like to honor the mother of the house, my amazing mother-in-law, Mother Bronner. I know she may not want to stand, but will y'all please give her another round of applause? She's waving her hand. Now that's the mother of all mothers. My mother is amazing, so I've been blessed two times over. And can y'all believe that I am a whole mother-in-law? Hallelujah. My son Joshua eloped and he is married. Glory. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> so I have the wonderful mother-in-law to follow after. I'm going to be a wonderful mother-in-law, mother-in-love. How about that? Joshua and Ashlyn. Joshua's up there in the balcony. I'm so excited. Y'all have no idea. This is like brand new territory for me. I'm ready to jump in and run. So I am a whole mother-in-law. I got a whole daughter-in-law. Glory. Hallelujah. But today our topic is God sees you. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him, God sees you. Look to the other side and say, God sees you. Amen. But we're going to have a little humor in honor of Pastor C. Elijah. A six-year-old girl named Angie and her four-year-old brother Joel were sitting together during church service. Joel giggled, sang, and talked out loud. Finally, his big sister had had enough. You're not supposed to talk out loud in church. Why? Who's going to stop me? Joel asked. Angie pointed to the back of the church and said, See those two men standing back there? Those are hushers. I love the humor of kids. I think that it's so pure and crisp. That was funny. Those are hushers, not ushers. So today in Genesis chapter 16, we're going to talk about Hagar or Hagar. It's several different Hebrew terms here that I'm going to try to accommodate everybody who says it a certain way, but Hagar is the most common way that people say it. And Hagar was an amazing mother. She was the mother who endured. That's what they call her, the mother who endured. We have several categories, but hers was the mother who endured. So before I dive into her, I want to again to congratulate all the mothers that are out there. And I want to give a bit of advice because I had a phone call from a very good girlfriend and she had me cracking up yesterday because she was being so honest with me about Mother's Day. 
And I want to share with you, those who have mothers, something to think about for next year. She said she is tired of faking Mother's Day. She said, these people know me really well. I'm not going to call your name, but you know who you are. These, if you're watching, these people know me so well. Why do they keep giving me these things that I have to say, oh, this is so pretty. This is so sweet. Oh, this is nice. She said, they know what I want. Just clean my house. Just clean my house. And when she said that, I recognized that she's just like me. She's an acts of service mother. So if you don't know your mother's love language, you could very well be running a treadmill like a hamster and doing absolutely nothing to give her what she needs. So there's a website, fivelovelanguages.com. Take your mother on her phone or on the computer and just let her sit and take just a few minutes to fill out this quick test. It will make the world of difference in your life and hers, especially for giving her things. So if you let her do that, she's going to share it with you. And then next Mother's Day or even her birthday, you'll know exactly what to give her. Because if she's gifts, you know you can give her any great gift and she'll be happy. If she's words of affirmation, then you'll know to tell her how amazing she is and all the wonderful things that she's done for you. If she is acts of service, you'll know to take her car and get it detailed. Or if you've got a whole lot of money, pay for her to have a maid service to come in for three months. If she is quality time, you'll know to take her to the movies or to sit with her at home and just listen to her thoughts. And if she's personal touch, you'll know to give her hugs and kisses and lots of attention. But if you don't know these things and you're giving her gifts when she needs hugs, she's feeling unloved. So, fivelovelanguages.com. I think that's the best gift I can give every family member today. Remember that, five love languages, the number five, lovelanguages.com. So, also being the mother of seven, I have some fun facts that I think you might enjoy. I'm going to tell you a few things about my seven kids and my pregnancies that I think are kind of interesting. So, one, our original number, we were planning for three or four kids. And then after number four, you know, James tells the story all the time. We pray and pray and pray. And then finally, we were just like, okay, Lord, we appreciate you. But we're stopping at number seven. (laughs) We just stopped praying. So... I wanted twins every time I got pregnant. So even at three or four, we were going to go over that because I wanted to have twins every time. My biggest birth weight was eight pounds, five ounces. That was Joshua. My smallest birth weight was six pounds, eight ounces. That was Jamie. My longest gestation was 39 weeks. I never did a 40-week pregnancy. And that was only because I think Jade was so comfortable she just didn't want to come out. My shortest gestation was 36 weeks and one day, and that's Genesis. We thought she was going to be a preemie, but she came out bigger than Jamie. She was 6 pounds, 12 or 13 ounces, so she just was ready to come out. She's our thinker, so she was ready to come out. I've only had one completely natural birth. All my other births were by epidural. I didn't want to feel nothing. So John is my only completely natural birth. My water broke only one time, and that was with Jay. That was the last baby. And I almost had one breech baby. That was Joseph. He decided at the very last minute he wanted to come out the right way. And he still has a mind of his own. (laughs) 
So I also want to say that no two of my children are alike. Every one of them have been a blessing. And this morning, they overwhelmed me with this amazing pathway of just giving me roses and then this amazing book with pictures and words of affirmation. It was amazing. I just cried and cried and cried. I finally got my eyes together, and then Julia comes with this. I'm just really overwhelmed, y'all. I'm just really feeling the love of God and everybody's love for me today. Okay, Elroy I, E-L-R-O-I, Elroy, Elroy I, Elroy I. I like the one that says Elroy I because it reminds me of his eyes. It tells me he's the God who sees me. So why am I choosing to give mothers this message today? Because in Matthew chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus said, the very hairs of our head are numbered. He knows our prayers before we pray them. That's Matthew 6, 8. He knows when we get up in the morning and when we go to bed at night. That's Psalms 139. I'm going to speak more on Psalms 139 in just a moment. The Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thought. That's 1 Chronicles 28, 9. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Proverbs 15, 3. He sees what is behind and what is ahead and all the threats, all the dangers. My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. That's Isaiah 46:10. God will bring every work unto judgment, including every secret thing, whether it is good or whether it is evil. That's Ecclesiastes 12, 13 through 14. See, the Bible is full of information explaining to us how God sees us. He is everywhere all the time. And since Jesus died on the cross, he is within us and taking care of us, interceding at the right hand of the Father for us all the time. So I wanted to take you into a little cubbyhole with Hagar. I wanted you to see the life of the mother who endured because all the mothers here, y'all, we are enduring. This year and past 2020, oh my goodness, the things we dealt with. I had to wake my child up in the morning and be the teacher. Finally, I didn't have to cook anymore, but I was trying to make lunch. I was trying to understand what the lessons were. I was being everything. So on a scale, 2020 was a 20. So we have endured, and I believe we're coming out of that as the vaccines are being given and children are getting out of school. We could take a breather, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So Hagar was the mother that endured. I got to give you some background on Hagar. Hagar was a princess. She was in the house of Pharaoh when Abram and Sarai had to travel to Egypt because there was a famine in the land. Well, while she was in Egypt, I tell you what Abram did. Abram was a trip. Abram knew that Sarai, before her name was changed to Sarah, was gorgeous. So he told her, look, you are so pretty. I know when these men see you, they're going to take you to the king. And because I'm your husband, they're just going to kill me and keep you. So for my safety, since we both have the same father, but not the same mother, you really are my sister. So tell everybody I'm your brother so that I can be safe. She said, okay. So when they get there, that's what happens. A lie was told, but it affected the entire palace. So what I'm going to do is take it real quick because I only got 11 minutes left. And I'm going to tell you the gossip version. So I wrote it down so it'll be real interesting and you can remember everything, okay? Girl, did you hear what was going on with Hagar? 
She was a princess turned slave. Yes, child, she was living it up in the palace as Pharaoh's daughter. She went from being served to serving. And this woman named Sarah, yeah, the one who they thought was a sister to the brother with her. And she was brought to her dad because she was beautiful. I mean, like pretty, pretty. And Hagar was a part of the dowry from marrying the Pharaoh. Hagar was given to Sarah as a handmaiden. Well, while Sarah was there, the whole palace got super sick because a plague came over the entire house. And her dad's magicians told Pharaoh, this woman is not his sister. That's his wife. And Pharaoh gave that old lying woman back to Abram. And when she gave her back to her brother, the whole house got healed. Ain't that something? The whole house was sick and the house got healed. Hagar was so amazed at this that she said, I would rather be a slave in the house of God than a princess in the house with Pharaoh where there is no God. Girl, 12 years later, the same woman just up and told her husband to marry Hagar because she hadn't had no kids yet. Didn't even ask Hagar, just gave her away. Well, they got married, her and Abram, and Hagar got pregnant and started getting the big head and forgot who she was and treated Sarai, yes, the one who lied and almost got the whole palace killed, treated her real bad, girl. I mean, like she was going in. But Sarai, she clapped back and told her to get out. She put her snooty behind out, pregnant and all, sent her into the desert. Hagar was in the desert about to lose her mind because she had nothing and was too far to call her Pharaoh father. And child, guess what? The angel of the Lord found her at the well and called her by her name, said, Hagar, what are you doing out here? You know why that was so special? Because you know her being a slave, they didn't call her Hagar. They call her that slave girl. Sometimes they call her the alien. So she felt really special. Knowing that the angel called her name. The angel told her that she had to go back and eat crow. And she had to submit to this crazy lying woman. She didn't like it, but she knew she'd better listen. Because this is an angel, a real angel, child. She felt a little better knowing that the God who protected Sarah in the palace is now protecting her too. And she called him Eroi, the God who sees me. Was that short enough for you? Y'all got it, right? See, I think the Bible needs to be told like that. Everybody would read it. So once we are understanding that God sees us as mothers, that is one word that encompasses so many titles. And I want you to understand that I see you because I now see me in the eyes of God. And I see that he sees me. First, we are a sister, a daughter, a cousin, a niece, an auntie, and a friend, right? Then we take on motherhood, and we become the cook, the maid, the dry cleaners, the beautician, the Uber taxi driver, the tutor, the inventory clerk, the Airbnb for sleepovers, referee for fights, counselor, judge, witness, and jury. We watch the whole thing happen. We're a nurse. We're a pharmacist because we still had to figure out what to give them with their symptoms, Okay, and then to add COVID, we're a teacher now. So you got to add science, math, social studies, history. And God knows I'm not good in math, so please help my children, Father. Then we become the principal, the dietitian, or the lunch lady, the computer tech, PE coach for recess. 
Now, if you're married, you have to add that you're a wife. There are children in the room. You're a passion participant. You're an accountant. You're an inventory clerk. And then if you're single with children, add mechanic, plumber, sole disciplinarian, carpenter, father figure, and sole provider. Now, that's just all under the one word, mother. And God says, I see you. I see you, Eroi. I see you, Eroi. He is the God who sees me. He is the God who sees you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what situation you have been through, he sees you. He sees you today and every day. So Psalms 139 is one of my favorite scriptures. And I'm just going to read you a few of the words of it. So whenever you're down and out, just go in the bathroom, close the door, pull out your phone, and pull up Psalms 139. Because it says, there is no place on earth that you can go and God is not there. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle by the farthest sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness is not dark to you. But the night shines like the day. For darkness is as light unto you. For you know and have formed my innermost beings. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And I know this very well. So that's just a little bit of the scriptures. You have 1 through 24 that will just give you peace in the midst of when you're feeling like you're alone. Or when you think no one sees you or that no one cares. God cares. So, there is an article that I read, and it just really did something to me because, you know, I can call my best friend and I can tell her all of my woes. You know, she can work with me and talk to me and give me some comfort. But when you know someone else that may be across the world, misery loves company. It's a real bad thing to say, but when you know someone else feels like you or someone is struggling like you and that they found solace in something or they found comfort in something, that something can be adapted to you as well. And I read this and it touched my soul. And I believe today is going to do the same for you. So, it's called The Invisible Mother. One day, I was walking my son Jake to school. I was holding his hand, and we were about to cross the street when the crossing guard said to him, Who is that with you, young fella? Nobody, he shrugged. Nobody. The crossing guard and I laughed. My son is only five, but as we crossed the street, I thought, Oh my goodness, I'm nobody. As nobody, I would walk into a room and no one would notice. I would say something to my family like, turn the TV down, please, and nothing would happen. No one would get up or even make a move for the remote. I would stand there for a minute and then I would say again a little louder with some little oomph in my voice, would someone turn the TV down? Nothing. Then when I started putting all the pieces together, I don't think anyone can see me. I'm invisible. It all began to make sense. The blank stares, the lack of response, the way one of the kids will walk into a room while I'm on the phone and ask to be taken to the store. And inside I think, don't you see I'm on the phone? Obviously not. No one can see if I'm on the phone or cooking or sweeping the floor or even standing on my head in the corner. No one can see me because I'm the invisible mom. 
Some days I'm only a pair of hands, nothing more. Can you fix this? Can you tie this? Can you open this? Can you take me? Some days I'm merely a clock to ask, what time is it? I'm a satellite guide to answer, what number is the Disney Channel? Some days I'm a crystal ball. Where's my sock? Where's my phone? What's for dinner? Hands, a clock, a crystal ball, but always invisible. Can you start the video for me, A.V.? One night, some of my girlfriends and I were having dinner, celebrating the return of a friend from Eagland. She had just gotten back from a fabulous trip and was telling wonderful stories. I sat there looking around at all the other mothers, all so well put together, so visible, so vibrant. It was hard not to compare and feel sorry for myself. I was feeling pretty pathetic when my friend turned to me and gave me a beautifully wrapped package and said, I brought this for you. It was a book on the great cathedrals of Europe. I wasn't exactly sure why she'd given it to me until I read her inscription. With admiration for the greatness of what you're building when no one sees. In the days ahead, I read. No, I devoured the book. And I discovered what could become for me the four life-changing truths. One, no one can say who built the great cathedrals. We have no records of their names. Two, these builders gave their whole lives for a work they would never see finished. Three, they made great sacrifices and expected no credit. And four, the passion of their building was fueled by their faith that the eyes of God saw everything. In the book, there was the legend of a rich man who came to visit the cathedral while it was being built. He saw a worker carving a tiny bird on the inside of a beam. He was puzzled and asked the man, why are you spending so much time carving that bird into a beam that will be covered by the roof? No one will ever see it. And the worker replied, because God sees. After reading that, I closed the book, feeling that the missing piece had fallen into place. It was almost as if I heard God whispering to me, I see you. I see the sacrifices you make every day, even when no one else around you does. No act of kindness you've done, no sequence you've ever sown, no cupcake you've baked, no last minute errand is too small for me to notice and smile over. You are building a great cathedral but you can't see it right now. Wait and see what it will become. Remember, I see it. When I chose to view myself as a great builder instead of an invisible mom, I keep the right perspective. The author of the book went so far to say that no cathedral could ever be built in our lifetime because there are so few people willing to sacrifice. I choose to disagree. As mothers, we are building great cathedrals and we cannot be seen if we're doing it right which is why we may feel invisible some days. But one day, it is very possible that the world will marvel not only at what we have built, but at the beauty that has been added to the world by the sacrifices of invisible moms. That was an anonymous article. Wasn't that beautiful? All we do will be seen by the eyes of God. So today, if you are feeling like you need to have God's hands on you, that you need to be sure that God sees you. I'm telling you today, you are the apple of his eyes, Pastor Charles always says. You are the apple of his eye. 
He cares so much for you because we are his continuation in the earth. He chose woman to bring his son through. Jesus was born of woman, not man. We are very special vessels. And it is important for you to understand whose you are. So that in the time when the devil is trying to beat you in the head and tell you that you're not worth anything. Or that the things you're doing are not working. He is a professional liar. And he's doing his job. He clocks in every day to do his crazy, obnoxious job. You have to let him know the Elroy eye sees me. He sees me when I wake up. He sees me when I lay down. He sees me when I am scared. He sees me when I don't know which way to go. He sees me. And he sees us forever. So today, if you feel like you need to just have a word of prayer as a mother with children, because he knows how to bring them back home. The word of God says to train up a child in the way that he or she should go. And when he is older, he or she will not depart from it. That means you give them the word, you teach them, you train them, and you let God bring them back. Because all we can do is pray. He can change the heart of man, but we cannot. He knows the circumstances to put our children through so that they will turn around and do the things that he wants them to do. So if you have a need, you don't have to come down. I I don't mind, but if you want to come down, you can. But I am going to pray over every mother that is here today because you all came out for a special word, and I want you to leave with a special prayer in your heart. If you're with your mothers, y'all can sit down because it's a lot of y'all. But if you're with your mother, I want you just to put your hand on her. I want you just to touch her. Just put your hand on her. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we come to you thanking you for being the Eroi, the God who never sleeps nor slumbers. You're the God who sees all. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice you made so that you could be with us. You are our constant comforter. You're our keeper. You are our helper. You're our present help in a time of storm. Lord, you're there when we sleep. You're there when we get up in the morning. You're there when we have a need. You're there when we celebrate. You are there when we are hungry. You're there when we're fearful, God. We thank you for being the God that is with us always. You said you would never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, we thank you for the mothers by whom we are with today and those who have mothers in the earth. I thank you, Lord. We thank you right now for the perseverance that they have given. We thank you for the midnight prayers, Lord. We thank you for the words of encouragement that they have given to us. We thank you for the nights that they did not sleep, God, because they wanted a word from you about them, God. I thank you for the parents right now that have raised amazing children. Thank you for every college graduate. Thank you for every high school graduate. Thank you for every child that has moved on to the next level because the parents paid attention. I thank you, Lord, for every person in this place, Lord, that has a mother and a father or even a person, Father, who is a mother or a father. I thank you for God, parents. I thank you for those aunts and those uncles and those people, Father, who have given their hand to help other parents with children. Father, I thank you for foster parents. I thank you for adoptive parents. Father, I just ask you to let them see and know your presence. I thank you, Lord, that you are willing and able, and when they open their heart, Lord, you will let the floodgate open up and show them a miracle. Thank you for opening the windows of heaven and pouring them out a blessing. God, we thank you for this amazing realization that you are the El Roi. You are the God who sees me. You are the God who sees us. We are forever grateful 
for these mothers. We are forever thankful for their healing. We're forever thankful that they will be edified and rebuilt, Lord, in you. Where they're leaning, God, build them up. Where they're torn down, Father, build them up. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the restoration of mothers. And it is by your power, your might, that we praise your matchless and majestic name. And it is in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, God Sees You, by Stephanie Bronner. This message is number 6572 at 6572. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6572 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Well, brothers of the word.